Happy Wednesday, everyone. I am Pastor Mike Matthews, and I am joined by my beautiful wife, Sarah, for our Wednesday night Bible study here at Nymping for Jesus Ministries. We are um, we are streaming the podcast uh, at our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and our Twitter page, and you can find the audio of this podcast on all the podcast apps. Um, I'm uploading the audio for the audio listeners tonight. What I would like you guys to do is if you do listen to us on the audio podcast, please give us a rating like on Apple, on Apple's iTunes. Uh, leave us a review. Um, let your people know about us because we are trying to help people Trust God um, in hard things. So, Sarah, do you have any, you want to do any greetings? I'm just excited about this. And uh, this is definitely a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I've, in my Christian walk, um, I say it all the time. I've been, I've visited or have been to 37 churches in my lifetime. Um, in 37 was my finding my home church. So I talk to people all the time about this subject. I've talked to, in this last week, I've talked to three of our followers actually, um, about different types of church hurt, uh, things that they're like, we're so thankful for you. Um, I just don't have any luck finding a church. And I just hear the stories over and over again. And some of the things that we see, even with the deconstruction movement, on people deconstructing their faith because they've been hurt at church, Mm -hmm. because either it's been the pastor or someone in leadership or cliques, um, it it, it varies. Uh, So I just am excited about this and um, just want everyone to know that they're not alone when when it comes to church hurt and trying to find a church where you belong can be a painful and difficult process. Yeah, uh, I'm and, hoping that we can just give people hope. Yeah, and it's a difficult process for people in ministry. Like, throughout my 20 years of ministry, I've been hurt pretty deeply. And and for me to tell people, hey, don't give up on church, um, it's a tough thing to do because there's a part of me that is like, I'll just do online ministry. I don't have to deal with people. But biblically speaking, Jesus, the the author of our faith, um, he wants us in church. He wants the church to be about him and other people. And that's what we're going to get into tonight. We're going to get into um, uh, holding on to Christ well, letting go of church hurt. So I'm going to open up with prayer and we'll get we'll get started. And I before I pray, if you are watching us on Facebook Live, you can uh, invite people to the study. You can share tonight's episode, but um, help us get the word out. Okay, let's pray. Father, this is a touchy subject. Um, when when you talk about church hurt today. Uh, people inside the church think you're taking shots at Christianity. That's not what we're doing. Uh, iron sharpens iron, like Proverbs 27 says. So I am a pastor, and I love the church. I want to serve the church. I love serving uh, congregations and helping them be all that they're called to be in Christ. And Lord, I pray tonight that we would just help people heal and understand that there are biblical churches out there that they can find and know you and make you known in your name i pray amen amen guys so what this study is about tonight we are going to look at the purpose of the church defining church hurt not letting hurt cause bitterness to take root in us holding on to Jesus, the process of dealing with an offender. What this study is not is we're not covering about physical abuse or sexual abuse inside the church. 
This is not what this study is about. Go to the police. If a pastor or a priest or someone in your church is abusing you on that level, go to the police. Here's why. Because sadly, too many churches take the side of the abuser if they fake repentance. So many abusers will beat their wives, sexually abuse their wives, and and then they repent, and then the church will tell the wife to stay with the abuser where kids are being sexually assaulted. Anything like this, go to the police. Because I can tell you as a pastor who have ministered in um, churches, churches typically don't handle that well. So please, go get help. This this study is not covering something like that tonight. Um, I could cover that, but but that will be for a future study. Because that, that topic takes more time. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just important to interject there. Like, I, I, I believe in my heart that a healthy church would um, would react, um, but sometimes they get stuck in who's 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 really telling the truth. Yeah, so I, I, you can't yeah, hold that I, against the church either. He said I, Jesus just hard. Yeah, I, I'm just talking about from like a pastoral counselor. Um, I, I know when I was in Bible college and we were talking about. Uh, uh, dealing with that type of issue. Uh, and then you talk about the Catholic scandal with the, the priest being moved around and around. Like, I, I'm very, uh, because of my own, like, for you guys who are new, I, I'm not afraid to, to say it, that as a pastor in my teenage years, I am a survivor of abuse, um, physical and sexual abuse. I'm not inside the church. I, I grew up outside the church most of my life until I got saved at 19. So this to that topic is important. I'm not dismissing any type of abuse. But tonight we are not covering that type of topic. We are talking about um, church art as in uh, you're on the grounds of you're, you're trying to be a part of a community. We're going to get into it. I don't want to give, give away the study in the first three seconds. So we're going to start off with what is the purpose of a good church? A good church will have these uh, five things, and it plays on um, the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. So the, the purpose of the church, real quick, um, is worship, ministry, evangelism, Fellowship and discipleship. Okay, Mike, what does that mean? Okay, so because I know people cannot see this graph because it's not big enough, the first two, worship and ministry, come from the great commandment. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. So worship means love of God, and ministry means love of other people, of Christians and those seeking or not yet in Christ. And I know, Sarah, you wanted to interject something here. Yeah, and I we were at a Mercy Me concert in February, and I love that when he said, you know, that you say love your neighbor as yourself, but in today's world, the problem is that we're not loving ourselves. And you know, to love God and to want God's will in your life is really to understand number one, who you are, and number two, loving yourself. And that means standing up for yourself, having boundaries, and getting help if you need help with loving yourself. Because you can't truly love your neighbors and you can't truly love other people the way God calls us to do unless you really do that work on yourself and love yourself so that you know how not to get taken advantage of or uh, to not know how to get out of unhealthy relationships and so on and so forth. So we really um, encourage you to talk to your pastor or talk to a licensed professional counselor um, if you have issues there, because it is really important to love yourself so you can love your neighbor. Yeah. And what did the, what did the head singer of Mercy Me say about like um, 
like people got on him for years like like he don't talk about how enough at your concerts and he talks about how he grew up baptist and he did all the he did all the the hell talk and scaring people and that but yeah, he and guilt. That he'd rather um uh tell people about their purposes in jesus yeah the guilt the guilt is um over overused um Jesus loves us. God loves us where we're at. And we can't grow and really understand who we are. We can't love God appropriately. You can't love other people appropriately if we are just beating ourselves up. So the guilt really doesn't serve a purpose. You always should have like a little bit of a voice and a conscience and to ask yourself if you're in alignment with Lord, but you shouldn't be guilting yourself into things. It's not healthy. Um, And I, I think that that's a big part like we can talk all day about hell we can talk all day about those things but if we talk down and we just feel like we can't do anything right that's only gonna make it worse when you go to church and we'll talk about this like you feel like oh my gosh if i had a dollar for every single time someone said if i go to church the building will just be struck by lightning um that's that's a common thing a lot of us feel like we're too much of a hot mess to go to church and to be accepted at a church um and that's because of this guilt because we have this image um and society and religion has put this image forward on us how we should look how we should act how we should talk um i had a big issue with cussing um i loved doing it for the longest time and i was really convicted last year when i went to rooted and like oh my gosh this is definitely something i need to work on still Mm -hmm. slip sometimes but i've gotten a lot better at it and that's just a personal conviction so you know i could have beat myself up and said oh my gosh i'm not good enough to go to this church i i can't uh i'm not good enough for to to be a you know a helper of or anybody or to, to be a pastor's wife because I cuss too much or because I do this. And trust me, it's easy to have those things, but it's much easier if you learn how to disrupt those thoughts and to just say, I'm not perfect, but I'm working on it. And that's all really God wants us to do. You have, you have a desire to improve certain things and to be led and to be guided to where you should be. That's all God really asks. So yeah, and, guilt and, is useless. <laughs> yeah, and I know, I know that night at the Marcy Me concert, I was God was like ransacking my heart with grace because there was a there was a um, uh, one of the guys there um, was talking about his life and his ministry, and I, I forget he was a hit singer of one band, I don't know, but he was talking about his divorce. And how that wrecked him. He was married for 15 years. And I know that you in our in our courtship and our relationship, I was feeling like damaged goods. I I didn't feel like I was worthy of uh, a Christian relationship anymore. I I felt like I couldn't I could not be a pastor ever again. I thought I had this scarlet letter of D on me and that concert, I think, was the beginning of my healing journey um, because it reminded me, like, I'm only 41 years old. Um, God, God, God has many, many more years to use my life for Him. And in a healthy church culture, like we're talking tonight about um, the five purposes is part of the purpose is a church will help equip you for the mission of making people know about Jesus. And and clearly, I my calling is to teach and to equip other Christians. And you kept telling you kept telling me that I am worthy. You kept telling me that I was delivered um, and everything from you know. And and I, I want to respect my ex here. I'm not going to talk about her um, because her journey is her journey. But, you know, I, I felt like damaged goods as a Christian pastor and dad. Like being around my son back then, I, I just felt like a loser. I felt like I let him down. I blew it. But that's what, um, that's what a healthy church will help you get past that. And, and when we did root it together 
the second time during our courtship, um, it, it helped me so much. I, I mean, I was not trusting Christians. I, I was hurt and I had a wall on my, on my, uh, heart. And I, I know one thing you help, you help soften my heart to remind me of God's grace. I have preached God's grace a million times to other people. And I, and I feel like a, a lot of pastors battle this too, where we believe that grace is for them, but not us. I have to have my shit together or, or, um, or God's not going to love me or he's, or he's not going to use me anymore. And that's just not biblical. It's, it's not. Yeah, and the thing is, like, you were always worthy, right? We are, we're always worthy. God doesn't love us. It's not a conditional love. He doesn't say, I'm going to love you if you do this. We were always worthy of good things. We are always. It's society that tells us that we're not. It's when we start comparing ourselves to other others. And when you get to a place where you no longer care what people think of you. I mean, to an extent, if you're in a career, um, if you're a professional, um, you know, even as a pastor or whatever, you have to like, you know, it might be a good idea to take a shower. You might want to care to that level of good hygiene, good health. Um, but to get to a place where you need to people please, and as a recovering people pleaser, which I think that in my recovery of that, I'm very far um, because I actually really don't mind or care. I I want to be kind. I want to be considerate. I would love to be liked, but I don't have a need to be. And there's a big difference of that. So, yeah. I, and that is remembering that we're, we were always worthy of good things and God has us. It, yeah. I, I, I was, I was stuck people pleasing for a long time in my Christian ministry. Like this, this ain't no fault to them, but excuse me, even Christians online that I looked up to from afar, they didn't know Michael from Adam. But when I, when I went through my divorce and my, I had to resign from my first pastorate, I was not, I went not, like, I went, like, I was so afraid about, so I, I, I put walls up. There was only one or two Christians that could speak to me. And I remember just like, um, I'm part of a, I'm part of a, a Christian, uh, group, uh, wrestling fans for you guys that don't know me. I am a pro wrestling nerd. And I had guys from that group who have known me on Facebook um, for probably four years now, and they were telling me like, Mike, you gotta calm, you gotta calm your jets. Um, they, but I wasn't able to hear anything, so I I was like un unfriending people, uh, blocking people, people that didn't know me and never really hurt me. They never really hurt me, but they represented something to me that was hurting. So so when we when we started to date, and I, I knew the first time I met you on our first date that you were going to be my wife. I I wanted to court you. I wanted. I mean, we did a like uh, we did a devotion together the first two weeks. Um, I watched your baptism uh, from your rooted graduation. Like I wanted to do it the right way. I like I wanted to. Uh, honor God and I wanted to court you and not just see you as a, uh, you know, a random hookup or anything like that. So, so my mind's drifting. Okay. So what I mean, what I mean is ADD like, much. <laughs> yeah. What I mean is that, uh, you and I were on this journey of healing and spiritual maturity. Um, like, like why I was so hurt by my 2020 and my 2021 is I told a friend, I always pictured myself as, and if you don't know theology, you're not going to understand this, but for all my theology nerds, I always saw myself, I wanted to be the cerebral palsy Charles Spurgeon. Um, and 
what that means is I, I, I want it to be uh, seen as uh, of even though I have CP that I was a solid teacher and theologian. But di- and I was like Charles Spurgeon never had a divorce, so so I'm done. I thought I was done. I thought I was done. Not that I went through a deconstruction period, but I did go through a prodigal son period. I was like I, I felt rejected by my dad, my heavenly father. Why you let this happen to me? Why you let these people hurt me? And I and. And I, and I, and I don't, I, I'm not saying this is a bad thing because it's, I feel like therapy and comedy save my life. When I went back to stand-up comedy, I knew I wasn't in the right, I wasn't using my gifts. The The reason why I did okay last year as a comic, because I was a pastor and I'm not afraid to talk in front of people, but it was not, it was not God's best for me. It, it was a good thing. It was good, and I met a lot of great people. I, I, the the friends I made last year or the acquaintances, I, I really, I really like who they are, and we're still friends. And I'm not, I'm not against if I'm ever going to get in comedy again. But next time I do it, I'm healthy, and I'm more Michael. Because last year, I was just trying to find, and this goes into our study, if you don't find community in a healthy church, you're going to go to crazy places. Yeah, and it's just like any relationship, a friendship, a romantic relationship, a spouse, partner, anything. You really have to know yourself. You have to heal things that make you choose the wrong partners, friends, places, jobs, churches. Um, in order to really grow and to be educated and know things about what to look for and educate yourself, it's just like you should educate yourself on how to feel your feelings, educate yourself on how to spend time alone, educate yourself on how to find a church, which is what we're talking about tonight. Educate yourself on what it looks like to be a good partner in a romantic relationship. It's all about educating yourself and really finding out why you do the things that you do and why you act the way that you do, because it's usually about fear. So if you can really educate yourself, then you can walk into a church or into a relationship and walk right back out when you know it's not for you. And so I know not everyone has a gift of discernment, but for me, that's my top spiritual gift. And I can literally walk in, feel the energy and be like, this isn't where I belong. So, but that comes with really knowing who you are and what you want and what you don't want. And so I encourage you to really understand yourself and love yourself so you can love your neighbors. And that will ultimately allow God to guide you to a church that you should belong in. If you look for also these tips and tricks as to how to find a healthy church. Yeah. So, so moving on. Okay. The next three points of a healthy church is evangelism, fellowship, discipleship. Uh, we're called to go make disciples. So a church should be making new Christians. That's as easy terminology as I can use. We are called through God's power to make new Christians. We are called to baptize them. We are called to baptize them in the family of God. And then my favorite one is teaching new new disciples how to be disciples. Um, these five things is what makes up a, ha- a healthy church. And can and disciple for us common folk. <laughs> follower of Jesus, to really, really put Christ in the center of your life and to want to follow him and to learn how he talks to you, learn how to follow him, learn how um, to ask for guidance and learn how to then take the guidance. Yeah, it's more than being religious and it's more than being a Sunday fan of Jesus. Um, In the American church, and I'm just going to talk about the American church because I'm American and it's it's my cultural context. There are a lot of people who are a fan of Jesus. They go to church, they worship, they 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 could even volunteer. But Monday through Saturday, they, Jesus has no impact on their life. Um, they, you know, I know this is going to sound corny, but 
um, uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That question is never asked in their finances and their relationships. Um, so I mean, there are. I mean, I I I am a I am a diehard Steeler fan. But don't get me started on people who worship the Steelers or sports. If the Steelers lose on Sunday, look at people's Facebook posts after that. They are miserable for the next six days. And I'm sorry, Steelers fans, with Ben retiring, we are in a rebuilding year. Um, you're going to be angry a lot this year because. It just happens. So there's a difference between fan of Jesus and follower. So by disciple, that's what we mean. Okay. Okay. Church hurt. And I'm going to, Sarah, you can add to this, your definition, but this is just off the top of my, my head. Um, so church hurt is when someone sins against you in the church that you attend, that's, that's, Number one, um, church culture is toxic. Okay. Do you want to talk about toxic church culture in your... Sure. Um, you find 37, you know, took, you visit, what, 37 churches? 37 in my lifetime. So I had, well, the church that I went to as a kid, um, that was United Methodist Church in Costa Mesa, California. And then the church that I went to uh, and became my home church, um, that was Saddleback Church when I was 21. Um, so I didn't have a lot of church experience um, until I moved to Pennsylvania. And I was looking for a home church again. Uh, so I attended my home church in California for seven years. And then I moved. And I landed at a couple of churches that I was at for about a year or two. Um, one was there was corruption in leadership and the pastor that I was really close to and following and that really fed me left because of that corruption. And the second time it was more of a prosperity gospel-ish kind of environment. And that environment made me feel really like I didn't have my shit together. Uh, I was a hot mess compared to these people. They were clicky. They were perfect. They were thin. They were rich. They were pretty. They were, you know, and, you know, who knows what the truth is about that group, but that's the thing. They, they think, well, if you just had enough more faith, you'd lose weight. If you had more faith, you would, um, you would have priority and, you would eat right and you would exercise and you would make money and you would, you know, have this perfect life if you really have faith and follow God. And I'm like, I have faith and I follow God. Um, but somehow my life isn't looking like I, I don't, I don't drive a Range Rover or uh, live in a, you know, cookie cutter uh, cul-de-sac house. Um, so, you know, life seems to fall apart a lot more than it does for other people. Yeah, so we're, not calling, we're not calling. We're not. We're not saying. I just want to interject. We're not saying that if you're a Christian, you're wealthy, that you're a jerk. <laughs> That's not what. No, not at all. No. But those. Uh, that 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 particular church and culture, the leadership was very. When they would counsel, it was about pray more, do more, give more. <laughs> Um, yeah. You should give more. If tithing isn't working for you, like try first fruit, try 25%. Really show Jesus that you really trust him by giving our church more money. Uh, yeah, no thanks. Um, so it was just so I ended up leaving there. Um, and then just there was probably at least five churches that I walked in on a Sunday and literally just turned around and walked right back out. I was only in the actual doors for like five seconds. There were churches that I was swarmed. Um, so what I call it when churches love bomb you. Oh my gosh, we're so desperate for members that, oh, uh, come here. We love you. See, we love you. Give us your money. Um, so that's kind of cringy and no. Uh, so it's either you don't get welcomed at all or you get too welcomed. Both are bad. Um, the pastors and how they are preaching, are they talking about their real lives? Are they talking about, I was so hurt when this happened to me? Are they being vulnerable and transparent and genuine and talking about things that actually apply to today's life? Or are they just getting up and reading an article? Are they um, getting up and talking about things that happened 50 years ago? 
Are they being negative Nancy's? Are they constantly talking about hell? Are they constantly talking about the abortions and the gays? Are they constantly like just having certain, um, you know, the legalistic? Are they, so it depends on the culture. I actually helped my friend today. She asked me about um, a church and she moved to Missouri about two years ago and she's looking for a church. And um, she asked me, you know, hey, is a Baptist church good? And I said, well, it depends on the church. It doesn't have nothing to do with whether it's Baptist or not. I mean, Mike's Baptist and I, my two home churches now that I have two um, have Baptist roots or were Baptists are kind of Baptist. So, but there are Baptist church. I mean, it just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter the type or the name. It is about the individual church. So I had her give me the name. And when I Googled it and went on Facebook and looked at their Facebook and looked at their YouTube and social media, um, I actually went to the, 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 the wrong church first and I said, Oh my gosh, this church seems amazing. I would re I would really recommend. I looked at, they have things for the kids. They have a women's ministry that meets every week. They have, um, they have a daily devotion. The pastor does a video every day. Um, similar to my home church now that I absolutely love and adore. Um, and so I was like, yeah, that's great. And I was like, Oh wait, I did the wrong one. So I actually went that then to, because it was First Baptist or Faith Baptist. So it was uh, very close. So I actually went to the one that she'd gotten the booklet for in an outreach thing. And I looked them up online. And it, the last three sermons were abortion part one, abortion part two, and abortion part three. I'm like, nope, delete, control alt delete, don't go there. Not a good, not a good look. Um, but when I went and I looked at the sermons, about with this other church that I had accidentally found first. And I believe that was the Lord helping me guide her where she needs to go check it out. Just knowing her and her kids and the culture. Um, it was, you know, what do you do when life is hard? And what, like just things that are just soul feeding. So there's just so many things in culture. Um, and I'll tell you the one thing that um, helped me. I was desperate to find a church. I wanted um I, I I even prayed to God. I said, Lord, I love you with all my heart, but your church just needs some help. Mm. Um, but I knew, I knew I needed to belong to the church and, and a body. And I was just really overwhelmed and scared and mad and angry. And I just I'm like I felt like I was never gonna find the one. And then it was a, a week later, I decided to go ahead and check a church out that had been recommended to me quite a while ago. I walked in, I was new. The first person that I met at, was at the bottom of the steps, and I didn't know where I was going. Um, she introduced herself. There was no one else around. So she's like, Hey, you know what? I don't know. You know, there's no one around. Just come sit with me. Um, so she invited me up there up to the sanctuary. I sat with her. She got to know me after church. The church was amazing. The, the music was awesome and uplifting. Um, just, you could feel the Holy spirit with the music. Um, then the pastor was dynamic um, vulnerable, real, truthful, not, he, he could offend, but he was not offensive with the truth. Um, and just, just really good. It, it was a perfect scenario and it's all of these five points. Um, and then they were advertising rooted. Um, they were advertising growth groups that were starting in the fall, um, and discipleship classes. So, it was just, it was an amazing experience. I felt belonging, but not love bombed. I felt my soul was fed. Um, we worshiped was just so powerful um, and inviting. It was just a great place and a great feeling. Yeah. And, and that church also has uh, a starting point for new visitors mm -hmm. and they welcome question, qu questions. Uh, one of yeah. my biggest tests for a church is if leadership does not like being questioned, you should question that leadership. Um, I, I, um, um, couple, you know, couple months ago, uh, re my son is 12. He's getting to the age of um, getting into youth groups. And the church that I was attending, I asked the pastor um, what the youth group was teaching. Um, and he got offended. He got offended. I asked that. Um, I'm sorry, as a Christian dad, you should want to ask questions. As a pastor, if a Christian, I told Sarah this story years ago. When 
when I was at the Bible Chapel in Washington, uh, we helped launch the Robinson Campus. And I was the youth leader under the main youth pastor. And for the first nine weeks of teaching the youth group, the 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 this girl's um this young girl's mom sat outside my classroom with a tape recorder and a notepad. Um if you're prideful and you're a narcissist, you're gonna get offended. I was not. I understand that I come in a package, wrapped up in a package that um, is not your so-called normal pastor. I have CP. I I don't wear a three-piece suit. I don't carry a 40-pound King James Bible. Um, I get that if you don't know me, you don't know what you don't know my brain, you don't know what God gets at me in. So she listened to my teaching. That should be one of the uh, trigger points for you. If a pastor or a leadership team of a church does not like to be questioned, uh, that should be a red flag. So, okay, let's move on. So, okay, uh, this is some, we're going to get into some. I lost the audio in my back. My red light's on. I disappeared and you disappeared. Do I have audio? Test test one. Yep, you're okay, back. Am I back? The, the devil, I can't hear you. Can you talk? Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Okay. Okay. The devil hates StreamYard. Okay, so... The next couple points here that I'm going to make about church hurt. You cannot let church hurt cause bitterness to take root in you. I have had some crappy church experiences. The first time I went to one church, I was 21 years old. I was coming back to my faith after a couple years of um, out of high school, I was depressed, and um, that day, the pastor was handing out little flashlights to the kids. When I was leaving, 21-year-old man, he patted me on my head and went, here you go, buddy. I remember sitting in my car crying, saying, this can't be church. I I I I want to be seen more as my CP. I I have had pastors. I told Sarah this story. I bought. I was being mentored by a pastor, and I bought a eighty daughter Bible. I loved it. It it was it was like my first preaching Bible. It looked cool. It was. Are we back? You're okay. You're moving again. Am I moving? Do we have audio? Yep. Okay. Now you're good. Okay. All your right. first Bible or your Bible? Your time at the Bible. Yeah. Okay. So I took. I got this cool Bible. I thought it was cool. I thought it was going to get me girlfriends inside of church. I don't know. Baby got back. Baby got Bible. I didn't know. So oh my God. I took it to the pastor. He looked at the spine of the Bible and said, oh, it's NIV. It's the devil's Bible. And he threw my $70 Bible in the garbage. I'm going to tell you, I'm saved, but I'm not that saved. I almost throat punched this 80-year-old pastor in the neck. I was like, what did you just do? So that's before I even, that was my first experience with what's known as King James Onlyism. So there are Christians who teach that the only Bible that God blesses in English-speaking uh, world is um, the King James Bible. I, at my, at the first 
I'm just giving you a couple examples. When I was a senior pastor of a small Baptist church, one of my first Sundays, a guy said during friendship greeting time, first of all, introverts hate friendship greeting times, but uh, he said out loud, he's a crippled and he's wearing jeans. He shouldn't be a pastor. First of all, I can't, I'm not changing either one of those things about me. I can't do nothing about this palsy hand, and I'm not wearing a suit to church. If I let that bitterness get me, I would have gave up on Christ in, in church. But what God did in that that moment, like um, uh, uh, Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 here. Uh, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has given given you has forgiven you. Let me tell you, that day I chose to forgive that man. And I and God tested that. I would see that man out in town almost every month, at least once or twice a month. And he said some vulgar things to me at the post office. But then what God started to do is uh, what he started to do was this man started coming to my Bible study and I started to teach and throughout me teaching the Bible one day he goes Pastor Mike can I talk to you and I said sure um sure he started to cry and he goes I want to apologize because I judged you wrong um you are a man of God you are equipped and from that day on, he never, he never stopped um, coming to Bible study. And he came to Christ, and he attended my Bible study up until he passed away. So, God allowed me, if I let bitterness, get, if I let that church hurt, because that was church hurt. As a pastor, a congregational member hurt me. Uh, I want to thank the comment here. Um, uh, uh, Eric Kerr, uh, he liked my comment, uh, my joke. I almost throat punch an 80-year-old pastor. Yeah, thank God I didn't, or I wouldn't be here. I would have blamed it on, I would have said it was a spasm and it was a palsy punch. I can't help it. So, so, but you cannot let bitterness get in your heart or you're not, because here's the thing, no church is perfect. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, even after Christ, we're going to bump heads. I know as a pastor and as a Christian leader, I have hurt people. I know I have. Uh, I mean, I am sarcastic. I think it should be a fruit of the Spirit. It's not. Um, I remember I I didn't think anything of it. Uh, when, um Sometimes when I'm preaching, I forget that I'm not at a stand-up gig. And sometimes my jokes hurt people. And and when I was a youth pastor, I, I hurt a woman because she thought that me telling her kids your mama jokes, that I was talking about her. So, so we all have hurt each other. And that, so we got to have this attitude, like Jesus tells Peter, Peter goes, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times, right? Like after the seventh time, I, I, I can, I can, you know, you know, Lord, it's no more forgiveness. And in the heart attitude that we should have, Jesus, um, Jesus says, no, not seven times. But 70 times 7, what that means is forgiveness should come freely to us. Okay?
Sarah, do you show that sound? What? Are, are you, are you, do you have sound? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, okay. All right. Holding on to Jesus. Um, our faith is in Jesus, not other Christians, pastors, or priests. Okay. No matter what denomination of Christianity you're in, we all do this because we can see them. We put clergy clergy members on pe- pedestals. We put other Christians on pedestals. People are going to let you down. And if you give up on church or you give, on, give up on faith, your faith wasn't in Jesus. It was in people. That is not... That's how you hold on. Hebrews 10.23 tells us, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Our confession of our hope is in Jesus. Okay, guys? It's not in your pastor, your bishop, your priest. It's not in your small group leader. It's because here's the deal. We're all sinners. They're going to let you down. They are. Sinners are going to sin. Um, And even after you become a Christian, we're still going to bump heads. I mean, you see this in marriage. Like, um, Sarah and I are, okay, babe, how long have we been married now? I don't know. That's a quiz. How long have we been married? Oh, God. You're (laughs) going to put me on that spot? Almost eight months. See, it just, you're so lovely, it feels like one. So, see? (laughs) So, so. Is it bad? I was going to be like, I know it's felt like 10 years. We have had a lot of challenges in the last nine months. Like, we have had job loss, health issues. We have had, we have had uh, taking care of your dad. Um, We have taken care of your dad. All kind of stuff. It's like one um, of those things where I said when we were dating, well, I have a crazy family. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, my fa- my my family's crazy, too. And God bless my family. They're, they're, I love them. Um, but uh, when my dad moved into our living room, um, because my mom and my sister had COVID for and they couldn't get the house ready. Yeah. And then they got better. And then we were all over here 24-7 taking care of my dad who had had a heart attack, two strokes. Uh, Mike got to see. Um, I just praised Jesus. We were already married and he couldn't get out. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but not only that, but we, we, you, we got to learn what triggers each other. Like you got to see, exactly. even going back to us dating, the, you know, there, there were a couple arguments that we had. That or that you didn't know what was triggering me, but I was triggered by hurt, and and so so. And this are, is our second marriage for both of us, so we both have triggers. We both have things that have happened in our past relationships, um, you know. But this day and age, like we know what we want, we know what we don't want, and communicating through that is fine. But. We still have triggers. We still have hurts. We still have things that, you know, walls we've built or things that we look out for. So, I mean, two imperfect human beings that have um, a history with, we were both married for 14 years before. I didn't have kids, but I brought cats into the relationship. And now he didn't like cats. But now Six cats, guys. Hey, he brought a 12-year-old. He brought a 12-year-old and I brought cats. she, She was one more way of being a crazy cat lady. I was out the door. Because here's the deal. I, I'm glad that I fell in love with her before I met her cats. Because I was raised not to be a cat person. But when I was uh, stalking her on TikTok, uh, I could only see two cats. And I remember they had nothing to do with the Bible study. But I remember saying, oh, I can handle two. I can handle two cats. And then I come over to her house. There's one. There's two. Oh, there's three. There's four. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Mike. Four. Four damn cats. 
five, six. And to top it all off, she has one in an urn up on the fireplace. <laughs> so I was like, what the heck am I getting myself into? But but thankfully, and to, 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 to Sarah's point, to Sarah's point. He I loves did, them. I did bring a 12-year-old kid, uh, preteen. Uh, with all that fun that goes with that. So, yeah. So, so okay. Uh, all right. So, um, here's the process of dealing with uh, in offense. Uh, you can find this in Matthew 18, uh, verses 15 to 20. This is talking about relationships inside the church. Okay. So, this setting that Jesus talks about, clarity is not applicable for every situation in the church. This is more uh, a group of people or one-on-one. Uh, there's, there's been an offense against you, okay? There's been an offense against you. So, so, so you go and tell them their fault one-on-one. The goal of this is to be mutual accountability. So someone inside the church that you attend has hurt you, either by gossip, lying, sinning against you. You go to them one-on-one, you talk it out. Now, clearly, if you are of the opposite sex, um, you, you do this, uh, be careful. Um, uh, I modify this a little bit. If you gotta, If you got to address someone one-on-one, um, and you're, um, and you don't feel safe. Uh, skip to two, and take someone with you. So go one on one. Take someone with you that is mature and is a member of the church. And if that if they still don't listen, then you take it to the church. And the church should say, okay, we 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 have investigated these claims. What in and here is this offense. Okay. Yeah. Am I back? Because I, I I'm trying to get us under sixty minutes, babe. Okay, am I back? Okay, I lost you I lost your picture now. So if a fence happens, go one-on-one, uh, take two people with you if they don't repent, uh, and then take it to the church. Hello, Sarah. Yeah? Your, your screen's black. Oh. Did you do something? No, I can see my face. Oh, okay, I see. Okay, well, anyways. Okay, <laughs> so, so, and then at the church level. If the person don't repent, the church is supposed to to kick them out. I'll just use that simple terminology. Why should they kick out the offender? The point is to keep the church's witness pure and to bring them to uh, accountability and repentance. The whole goal of this process is to bring them back into the path of the Lord. And then real quick, Jesus says, whatever the church agrees upon, he'll bless that because here's what he says in verse 20. This is one of the most twisted verses out of the Bible. For where two or three gathered in my name, there I am among, among them. When have you heard this verse? People have used this verse to say, well, church can be two people. Church can be me and my girlfriend on the couch. No, this is the context here is church discipline. Jesus is saying, whatever the church decides with the offender, I will bless. That is what he's saying. So I know like we have been in many prayer circles where people are like, Father, uh, where two or three are gathered, that, that's not what that verse is about. Okay, real quick. The purpose of the process 
bring repentance, bring reconciliation, keep the church's witness pure. If a church refuses to obey Matthew 18, leave and give me, just leave, kick, get the heck out of there. Because that means that probably the five purposes are not being followed. That means it's a click, all that, all that toxic stuff we talked about. The church with the five purposes of worship, ministry, evangelism, fellowship, and discipleship will follow Matthew 18. They will. Because the goals, the goals are to help, to love God and love your neighbor. Matthew 18 is living that out. Okay. We have about three minutes um, before um, we close. Sarah, do you have any closing thoughts? I don't think so. I just um, want to encourage people to not be afraid to really leave or check out churches online. Um, you know, if you're feeling like pulled, it really is an individual choice. It's an individual. Um, there are churches that are multi-generational. There are churches that lean more towards an older generation. There are churches that lean toward a younger generation. There are so many churches for, that have so many different um, personalities. So a church, I'm in business. So we, we say all the time, each business is just like a person. Every person is different. Every business is different. And every church is different. So just because you were hurt or felt judged or uh, felt like you were not listened to, you weren't heard, you weren't seen, um, the, the, maybe that pastor didn't talk, uh, talk to you or the pastor didn't uh, speak to you in his messages, doesn't mean that you shouldn't try other places. Um, so I just keep encourage you, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Just keep trying because eventually you will find a place that you belong and that will help you grow in your faith and it will be people that you can do life with. Um, Online church also does not, I used to, I was a big offender of this because when I couldn't find a church to go to, I watched online. So just watching online constantly does not replace church. You, yeah. nothing replaces going to church. And I'm super excited this weekend to see my people. Um, yeah. But going to church service and getting to know people and getting a hug and getting people that know you and just saying, how are you? Oh, I didn't see you last week. Um, and getting those hugs and then doing the Bible studies and doing life with people. It's just the most amazing feeling and it allows you to grow. So yeah. don't stay away from the church. If you have uh, 10 kids and are super busy or whatever, and you need to skip a Sunday, um, sure, watch it online. Or if you get sick, watch a couple weeks online. If you're really tired from work, watch online. But but go to the studies. Go to things that are uh, events. And, and go to the church on Sundays as much as you possibly can. Okay, I, I got about like 20 seconds. All right, guys. I'm done. Thank you for watching our Bible study. Uh, come back tomorrow, uh, uh, tomorrow night for our Bible boot camp. We're digging into the book of Philippians. God bless and have a great night. God bless. Bye. That was good, babe. Did, did you see what that my friend Chris said? <laughs>